Pendulum, Hotshot Racing, and Stay Cool. This is Staying In. I've had my first child. Well, I didn't do anything. I just waited around a room for 23 hours. Whilst... Which, which, by the way, you make out. <laughs> You're like, oh, <laughs> same room for <laughs> yeah. 23 yeah. hours. Really oh. inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been pretty tiring and <laughs> you know when people all throughout all throughout the whole process like of, of the general labor everyone's all the, the thing that everyone says is and i think this is a part of like a, a collective societal conditioning mm. is that what everyone says is like oh but it's worth it isn't it it's worth it isn't it you'll forget about it you'll you you'll forget about it once he's here it's just like yeah. you don't you don't forget about it because otherwise the human race would just stop in terms of like population growth i think this this is is this big collective lie we all we we we, we tell ourselves that, <laughs> that like oh you'll forget about it you'll want another one in a few years and it's like <laughs> um <laughs> um so yeah so it's been a bit of a, a whirlwind couple of weeks because i know as well chris you were lucky enough to become an uncle as well i did indeed yes i didn't i was i mean i slept though i didn't wait around you know for 23 yeah. hours i mean mine was very much a light touch a role in the process <laughs> i bought i bought them baby clothes and blankets oh. and a toy um and stuff and I, I went down to visit them i i was in a very lucky position pete because Within seven days, I held two newborn babies, and my words. And I, I was saying this to Pete a little bit earlier, Sam, that I was very lucky in the sense that I caught both children, not literally, but in a sense that <laughs> the both of them were on their best behaviour, mm-hmm. and 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 both were both of them are absolutely gorgeous, and it just lowered my blood pressure. And I suppose it must be quite irritating for you, Sam, if, if that's the only perception people have of newborns and they're the ones saying to you, oh, gosh, this, this is lovely, isn't it? I mean, it, it is annoying, but if he was screaming and crying whilst we have guests, that would cause us more stress. Right. And okay, yeah, of sort course, of yeah. Make, uh, and sort of like make us more emotionally sort of anguished than we already are because it's just like trying to have a conversation with someone and you know he's crying and restless and like even though like it's always a bit of like well he's always behaving when other people are around yeah the opposite uh, would be an even worse an even worse situation and i tell you i tell you what pete right when i was holding him mm. sam's son he farts like an absolute menace really yeah honestly well it was extraordinary. It's like holding my hand in a jacuzzi. What is it about the apple and the tree? <laughs> the day he was born, I, I had to come home uh, on my own because due to the world, sure, uh, I wasn't allowed to, to stay. And so I had to come home on my own. And it was one of the weirdest evenings I've ever spent. On my own. <laughs> oh God! Home. I can't imagine what that would be like. I bet, yeah, I bet it was weirder than the time I went off to A and E with Pete and you watched Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was it's, it's similar in a way. So uh, my wife was with my son, and um, she was just like, "Go home, get some rest. You're better. You're more worth to us. Rested tomorrow." to, to cool. help take care of some whatever. So I was like, yeah, I know what I'll do because the only thing I'd eaten over the last 23 hours was a bag of jelly babies, a bag of Sour Patch Kids and some tea and toast. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, God. God, that's like a witch's cauldron of your, <laughs> your stomach. <laughs> oh, and some, and some orange and passion fruit Lucozade. Oh, my oh, gosh! Sam! <laughs> I'll tell you what, in that, in that room, you're just like piling. You, you don't sleep. You're just... Wired. I bet. I better say they could hear your like when you open your mouth. They could hear the sound of what seemed to be like popping candy, just this fizzing <laughs> sensation. Um, so I was like, I know, I know, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the local fish and chip place. I'm gonna get like a nice like cod and chips, nice, and just sit down and like have that as a meal. Maybe have a beer and then just just go to bed. Uh, but being a Sunday, closed, devastated. Dang. So I thought that's order a pizza or something. So I've got I've got particular tastes with pizza, really. 
add none of them. <laughs> yeah, from from all the foods you just mentioned, it sounds like you have a very discerning. I'm palate. surprised you had any taste left. <laughs> so like, so I, so in terms of like, without having to fill in any awkward forms for a local delivery person, <laughs> for a local place to to uh, um, to sort of decipher, I thought I'd I'd just order from Domino's. Blech. My son's just been born. Spread the money around, right? So um, log on. And I find out that, and this is the first depressing thing of the evening. No, actually, the first thing was being away from my my wife and my son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the second depressing thing of the evening was that uh, I discovered that night that um, Domino's do a special Home Alone uh, meal deal <laughs> for the discerning <laughs> bachelor at home. Oh, no. And so I thought, oh, all right, small pizza potato wedges bottle of sprite that'll do click Got through more fizziness <laughs> sorry this this meal deal isn't enough for delivery and i'm just like well <laughs> so i had to buy some cookies uh, <laughs> to bump up the price to get it delivered yeah so dominoes know what they're doing they're just like uh, i love that that they're like they're like, oh, here's, here's specifically the platter for one person. Hey, listen, lonely, you got to add some cookies onto that. Oh, oh like, you've got to come here and pick it up. Otherwise, you've got to come here want? and pick it up. We're not going to send over... What, do you think, you, you think we're going to send over a driver friend for you to <laughs> chat with for 10 minutes? Oh, do you want to share the pizza with me? Listen, loser, we're not, we're not letting you do that. And also, it preys on the fact that anyone ordering the Home Alone meal probably isn't someone who wants to go in store to pick it up. Me... <laughs> But the pizza for one, please. <laughs> like that is oh, that's horrid. And I, and I thought and I thought whilst I'm eating this depressing lonely meal, I watch a film, and for some reason I picked X Men Dark Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Sam! This this is a beautiful moment, and you chose X Men Dark Phoenix. You didn't even pick the good X Men film. I know, and um. And then I went to bed. And like Jean Grey rising from the ashes, your partner (laughs) returned. So in in years in years time, in years and years time, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, your son's gonna look up at you and say, What was it like the first day when I was I was on earth? What did you do? I had (laughs) Domino's pizza for one. I had some cookies, which I complained about. And then I watched a slightly naff X-Men film. Yeah. Without you and your mum. But but, but to, to topple that, through yeah. my paternity leave, both me and my son have managed to work our way through the Matrix trilogy. Oh, so, perfect. Yeah, get, get him started. What are his thoughts? Um, <laughs> mainly silence, which which actually mirrored my own. So... A sort of a sort of like respectful awe of the work. I feel like when he was looking up at me, smiling and bubbling away, he said to me, The first film's an exceptional piece of work, probably sure. damn near a perfect movie, yeah. well paced, builds the world, excellent action scenes. Yeah. And he said, The second one really loses the plot a little bit, <laughs> but the action scenes are probably the best out of the whole three. And yeah. then the third one, he just, you know, made a visible protest um and then that was it well good that's um what uh, a lovely way and yeah you know what a lovely way as well you know again you make this is the interesting thing sam that you're having right now because you are making the stories that you will tell him yeah like you, what were my first films well yeah well the, the matrix trilogy mm. Hobby time now has become this thing whereby it's either your side hustle, like, oh, I'm into making pots and I sell them on Etsy. And it's like, mm, is that really like, you're not just, I could just take it, take this or leave this. It's like, no, this is my business now. Or, you know, yeah, like, oh, well, you know, you, oh, I've, I've been binging this television so that I can keep up. And, and I think that when hobbies demand that from you, they they can become quite tiring and that that's that's definitely why i've been enjoying these kinds of games one of which is a game called hotshot racing oh i saw this on get indie gaming and it looks like tons of fun 
Right. So, side note, that Get Indie Game, that YouTube channel, Get Indie Game, yeah, yeah, is that yeah. it? That is excellent. It's I brilliant. only just found that, and it is really, really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like, yeah. no nonsense. Just like, here's some great games, and they came out this week. Amazing. Yeah, he's a really great chap, and like, he's he's yeah, he's got his own personal taste. You can clearly see in lots of his kind of top tens, but he's really yeah, steered yeah, me yeah. in the direction of some really, really good titles. Lots of really good indie games. So, Hotshot Racing is, uh, uh, and uh, your eye, your all your eyes. Well, all of your eyes, both of your eyes, both of your two sets of eyes um, widened when I said that. And I think with good reason, right? Because uh, if I was doing the marketing on this, I'd be like, yo, do you like the look of virtual racing? Do you like Sumo Digital, i.e. them lot what made the OutRun 2006 and OutRun 2 game that you really liked back in the day? Do you like the idea of four player split screen and eight player online and like a really quick, fun fast drifty game with big colorful characters really cool music all that stuff and do you want to pay like 16 quid for it Uh, and i'd be like yeah i do so i was really excited to play and we got sent a key for it which was very very kind of them and um i i'm mixed on it i i I, so (laughs) so the initial sell is like yeah give it to me but yeah yeah and then the actual like when you're into it so it's really difficult to it's really difficult to like to be too hard on it because almost every element of the game is exactly so up my street that I'm like well, this is this is it this is this is the game that I want. So it really does look like virtual racing. Um I mean it obviously looks way better than virtual racing ever ever looked even the arcade version like so I played the arcade port of virtual racing literally like a couple of months ago. It is still excellent but it really is ropey in terms of some of the visual elements uh, so this clearly looks way 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 better and it's and it's an inspiration it's not trying to be an identical thing so so that's fine but it really does look great i, I think it's got a really interesting visual uh, art style super low poly uh, you know like the, the wheels are, are practically just like a basic basically just octagons uh, so like you know it's that l- l- very le- low detail version of of um of low poly it handles quite a lot like outrun so the drifting of it, oh, the drifting of it feels so good. I've been playing Burnout Paradise on oh, my Switch, and like oh. that is pretty much all I'm looking to do is just drift, drift constantly. and drift and drift, mm-hmm. and like and that that like sweet spot where you can just feel where the 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 like biting point on the, the of the oversteer where you get back into being like driving straight, like yeah. that that fine tuning that is really really difficult, and and they get that really really nicely, but it's not outruns structure it's actually circuit based and the circuits are fairly varied and they've got some interesting like visual style it's definitely like influenced by arcade stuff much less much less virtual racing in terms of its visual presentation so so are you are you doing that thing where like you've got 30 seconds to make it to the next checkpoint yeah it is checkpoint racing but it mm-hmm. is a circuit okay. um so but as i say like that visual style sometimes you're like absolutely this looks like virtual racing and then sometimes it's like this is a jungle or like this is a streets circuit and that didn't really ever get seen in in those games so all of that is great the characters are pretty interesting well they're not they're not interesting but they're fun and colorful and and you know they do they do what they need to do which is to provide a little bit of like character i suppose everything mechanically about it in that way is really really good the actual core look like the actual like core mechanics are really really excellent what's not great is the the actual loop of the sort of meta game almost which is or the 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 elder game i suppose you might call it the elder game so the elder game so so it's sometimes called different things but um uh in game design but elder game is essentially the idea of like what is it that keeps you sticking around all right And, and 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 like really great mechanics can keep you around but it's more likely to be something like what you might have seen in that avengers game or in uh, destiny it's the thing of like okay the elder game is like the loop the grind like how how do you move through these things Mm -hmm. and the elder game in hotshot racing is a series of uh, well primarily a series of like circuit campaigns right so you're it's like four four uh circuits and uh, you essentially race in a Grand Prix and then you get as more points and then you win. And that in and of itself is fine. It's quite straightforward, but um, it's okay. And it definitely feels a lot like it's set up a little bit like that sort of classic PS1 era 
uh, driving game model of like win enough things and then you will win and then it's fine mm-hmm. um what's really not good and what i don't like about it is the rubber banding which is absolutely the most egregious rubber banding i've ever seen in the game like so so the classic rubber banding is like you, you guys have all played Mario Kart, right? Like, oh yes, yes. And, and so you know what I'm talking about. Basically, if you're if you're in eighth, it's very easy to get into second and f- third because the the game essentially speeds you up and slows the the people in in, in the front down. And that actually works really well because that's kind of like arcadey and fun and silly. And the Mario Kart games that work the best with that is if you're actually really good. It's actually fine. You can always get ahead of the pack, and it's 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 no problem. Hotshot racing is bad in that way because it, because they have the rubber banding, which keeps the racers together. But the problem is they also have a drift uh, drift and draft mechanic, and the draft mechanic is so um, forgiving that you can be loads of lengths behind another car, and it will say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you're drafting, so you're going to go faster than that car that you're behind." So you actually get behind the car, speed up, and then can overtake. And again. That works really well in something like Gran Turismo where there is none of that or very little of that stuff because it gives you that edge, it allows you to take over. But if you've got that plus rubber banding, it means that you can be the best driver in the world at this game and the AI, are no, they are never more than a couple of seconds behind. Like they are, they are behind you all the time. And add on to that, if you take just a little knock it can really like put your racing line out and you can really screw things up. Um, the rubber banding also doesn't seem to affect you on higher levels, or at least maybe I'm just really bad at the game. That could be it as well. But I found that easy was incredibly easy to get into into the into first and then stay there okay, because basically the technique is you get to the, get to first, people keep coming into coming to first to take over, and then you get behind them and you go in front, and then you go behind, and that's fine. And you just hold on to enough boost because you have a little nitro meter. Uh, by building up these drifts you just hold on to enough boost and then like the ai doesn't use it in the back straight so you just use it and then you take them over and then you win and then great the sort of medium difficulty level is a little bit harder than that but it's okay but as soon as you get into the harder difficulty levels like it is all over and it's just ridiculously like ridiculously challenging but not because the game itself is challenging it's not because the opponents are good or the racing is harder or the tracks are more difficult like the tracks are all actually pretty straightforward there are there are very few moments where i was like tested in like you might have done with like a ridge race or a daytona or something like that but or a virtual racing but it's difficult because basically basically the ai cheats now that's me being very negative about the game does that not make for like more tense races no because it because you always feel the hand of it cheating like like that that like it does feel like when you're behind so when you're in like when you're playing the hard levels right and you're behind you're like wow what's happening in front of me is amazing they're all sticking together they're all jostling in the pack but then as soon as you think about it for a second you're like oh yeah but this is all just completely staged so my ability at playing the game isn't really at test here it's can i get slightly lucky and Christ, it's like Neo in the Matrix, isn't it? Just like, yeah, but once you've seen the truth, you but know that's, the truth. But that's it. And that, to me, genuinely, that 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 thing in video games, video games are a kind of, of, of sleight of hand magic, right? Because there's loads of things going on in video games where you're looking at it and you're like, wow, that looks so amazing. And if you were to pull the camera up in a debug mode and look at what was actually happening, you'd see that everything was just a little flat surface of a 3D thing and that's not coloured in and the enemies are over there and they pop in before you see them. And it's all a bit of, uh, of illusion and magic. And that's what I love about video games and making video games because it's just like, you essentially see how the sausage is made. And it's just like, wow, everyone is just really like just absolutely winging it it looks great but as soon as you feel that that i think is when it when it like that illusion goes away and you're like ah i don't like that so that was as i say that's quite negative but to me that's not where the game shines because so what it has is a time trial mode and it is the Mm. best part about the game because that racing that drifting is so good that handling is so nice that the like the feeling of it the speed of it it's great the the fact that you have to make really challenging split second uh, like timing based turns into into corners and, and and drifting in just the right way knowing how each of the different cars which have slightly different feels to them how they're going to handle when you throw the back end out 
All of that feels really great. And it lives on the time trials and the online leaderboards because of it. Because basically you can find out how good you are at the game because there isn't any rubber banding. There isn't anyone, there isn't any fake feel of like an AI director essentially saying like, okay, well, you shouldn't be that far ahead because you won't be having fun now. It, it's, you know, when I go up against players who are all around the world trying to like smash these these leaderboard times, that to me is where the fun actually comes in. And like, again, to bring it back to Mario Kart, I remember you, because I never had one, I never had a Wii, but I remember you guys, um, Sam and, 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 and Dan, in fact, you guys used to play Mario Kart time trials, right? Mm -hmm. And like that stuff of like that constant level of competition, that to me is I think where this game really shines because the feel of the racing is really great. It's just the things they've layered on top of it sort of diminish it. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. the purer to the racing you can get, the more exciting the game actually is. Uh, during the labor where was um, a radio playing and it was just like set to like a local station, we did have like a backup playlist on Spotify. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was actually something quite comforting about like this um, <laughs> this sort of um, uh, it was called what's the radio station called it's called like Golden Classics um, or like um, it was pretty much like one step away from old timey radio <laughs> and we were we were going down to the um, business end I want to say no okay the, I, I, yep okay the the pushing. There we go. Sure, sure. And Lisa um, pushing you away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this, and this radio, this radio station was on. And it suddenly dawned on me that uh, it's going to be completely a random selection of of a tune in terms of what my child is born to. Like mm. some people choose silence or like have it all like perfectly planned out, probably. Um, mm -hmm. And. As the moment was going on, I was like, oh, Fleetwood Mac, go your own way comes on. Like, oh, this would be perfect. Come on, Lisa, come on. All right, <laughs> next one. Um, but it actually ended up being uh, Every Breath You Take uh, by the police. Oh, that's brilliant. So I would have I would have preferred every little thing she does is magic, but you can't have it all. Ah, that's um, brilliant. <laughs> yes, it, it would have been. But yeah, it's, it's, it was... It was um, quite a moment and and to be honest even though i have problems with most of the cliches that are banded around about birth and labor and generally mm -hmm. the experience before and afterwards mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the one cliche which is absolutely true is that the tea and toast you have afterwards is the best tea and toast you will ever have and you get it, tea and toast afterwards yep yeah, yes yeah, it's, it's like I, I don't know whether it's tradition or it's just like a thing that is done this is only I've only ever been through this once, but everyone everyone talks about how good the tea and toast is, and they brought it through afterwards, and it's like big slabs of thick white bread slathered in butter and like a cup of tea to go with it. That's amazing. Yeah. I had no idea that was even a thing. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd not, I'd not, yeah, I'd not heard about that at all. That's extraordinary. That's that is that is you know how on the international stage the british are often sort of <laughs> laughed at generally yep. but like i love the fact that that that's such a quaint british thing of yeah. like oh, well done oh, well done <laughs> put out a human fantastic i'll get the tea on uh, like, <laughs> it's, it's in like it's in like those little tin mugs and they bring yeah. out like a doily yeah. and just drape it across yeah. <laughs> yeah keep calm and carry on and here's a tea and nice <laughs> welcome to the world Welcome to the world, old chap. Here you go. Here's something. You... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The baby's got one as well. Like <laughs> taps out the pipe on the edge of the bed. <laughs> I want to talk about Pendulum, the uh, the early noughties drum and bass uh, musical act. That's absolutely right, Sam. That no doubt was on your old timey radio during <laughs> the birth of and, your son. And and everybody, uh, if, now that uh, we've just uh, been listening to uh, Pendulum, uh, Tarantula, and uh, we are <laughs> well this, done. Well, and, that uh, was a pull. And uh, and uh, and uh, well, uh, we've uh, we've had a we've had a text message from David who says, "I remember getting smashed off my face to this." Thanks very much. <laughs> uh, do you think do you, do you think we're ever going to get to that with like BBC Radio Two? Do you think we're ever going to have that? Well, Jeremy like, Vine just letting rip. 
Yeah, exactly. Just like, and of course, this is for some of you. Uh, this is for some of you e heads out there. We've got. Uh, like, <laughs> I wonder if they will. Like, like, I don't know. Like, at some point, nostalgia will reign supreme, and yeah, yeah, it, yeah. At some and, point, it will. Yeah, and here's uh, uh, and uh, uh, from special Go request on. by Doris. It's cypress hill <laughs> like <laughs> you know like but like i had this the moment because my, my both my grandmas are in the same home together an old people's home at the moment and uh when i go and visit them they'll have like events on for them where they'll be listening to music from say the 40s or the 50s and i'm thinking fast forward to the future like if i'm in that situation am i going to be dancing around the room to like S Club or something like that. I mean, you will. Well, no, I I mean, I mentioned that as an example. I'm not saying that's part of my... And it'll be posters of the Matrix trilogy. I know. Around the room. (laughs) Yeah, like who's who's like the modern day equivalent to like Vera Lynn or anything like that? It's... it's... That, but well, it's, it's, um, what's that one, that woman who she... She she was on. God, it is like you and I are in an old people's home now. Pete, we're having a chat. Oh, who was it? It was. Uh... <laughs> she was. The, she was. I'd the say one... it's probably Dolly Parton. Is the modern no? Opinion. That's like no. That's older than us, man. No, like ne- it would be. Um, oh, you mean that... who will be our vi- who will be our national? Yeah, I, treasure, I remember huh? working nine to five. Yeah. <laughs> um. I. I. Yeah. Right. I. Uh, I. I. The. 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 Like. I, I, it would be that one who was on. She she's got a beautiful voice, and then she speaks like she's she's like, all right, lads, I've got I'm I'm a singer and I'm well good, but she lost her voice recently. Oh, Adele. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adele. Something. It's she just got, Adele. It's yeah, just, just Adele. Adele is it? <laughs> it's just Adele. Jesus oh, Christ. Okay. Adele, okay. I thought I thought you were I thought you were being a little bit familiar, like first name I mean, terms. I mean, you knew that she'd lost her voice, but you didn't know her name fully. That's extraordinary. Uh, I'm always amazed by which bits of knowledge you retain and which bits you just dispense with as being superfluous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Local woman loses voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. God. But it'll be it'll be it'll be it'll be people like her. It'll be it'll be that. It'll be it's not going to be stuff like Dappy. I'm pretty sure that like when we are all in the because this is what will happen. When we're all in the care home together. Yeah. No what, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no matter no matter what's playing on the radio, we'll still be saying put a dunk on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So I want to talk about Pendulum, uh, all right, which okay. Pendulum is a board game that came out this year. So from Stone My Games, and we've talked about okay. Stone My Games in the past, uh, Viticulture, which I love, and Wingspan mm-hmm. also they put out. And I've played pretty much most, if not all, of their oeuvre. Um, mm-hmm. They're a company that have released a discrete selection of games. They don't release that many games per year. So when they nice. do, it's it's quite an event. And playing this game, it's, it I can only really describe it as being quite a strange experience. And I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that in a bit. It's a one to five player game. So again, that Stonemeyer uh, thing of having your tomato sequence of, you know, you can play it solo if you want to. 60 to 90 minutes, you know, a standard kind of fare, what you'd expect. It's got a really interesting sounding premise. Uh, in this mythical kingdom of Dunya, you have a king whose principal role is to keep this great pendulum moving. Upon their passing, uh, the pendulum has stopped and all of us as players have to compete Uh, for the throne and so to do that we have to prove that we can conquer the most lands win the most votes and gain culture military and wealth all to show that we use our time the most efficiently so pete i'm going to come to you because sam's played this game with me Mm -hmm. based on that premise what kind of a game are you imagining worker placement yep tick correct and worker placement, um, which is where you've got like a certain number of playing pieces, meeples, and you have to put them on action spaces to determine what action you're going to do. And the challenge yeah. often is what happens when you can't go to spaces because other players have taken them. And we've seen this in uh, Viticulture, for example, where you've got that agony of choice of knowing when to place your work at the right time to do the certain actions. So you're mm. absolutely right. There is worker placement here. But what makes this quite an interesting game 
is that it's paired with another genre, which I don't have much experience with because generally speaking, it's a genre that I tend to avoid. And that's simultaneous action selection, where in this game, you take your goes at the same time. There are no goes per se. So when Sam and I played it, we were frantically just moving our pieces around the board at the same time. And that's quite an interesting dynamic for a worker placement. It's not like I sit there and go, okay, Sam, it's Sam's go. I'll wait for Sam to take his go. Then it's my go. And then I can take all the time I want to do that. We're taking these goes simultaneously. Mm. Yeah, that that's kind of that that real-time aspect. I'm, I'm with you again, Chris. It's, it's always been a genre that I've kind of wanted to enjoy. Like we both played Tim Fowles' real-time game, Now Boarding. Yeah, which was fun. Which is, which is fun, which is all right, which is kind of like this slightly a bit different to that. But I feel like the real time aspect needs like a bit probably needs a bit more explaining. Yeah. Is it's like how now boarding would work would you'd have like thirty seconds to like plan out a series of actions you were going to do and then in real time you'd then have a limit and then you'd have to perform all those actions simultaneously as a group, cooperatively, in order to complete certain goals. And then another game that we play which is probably the only real-time game, spoilers, that I really, really enjoy, which is called Pit Crew. Yeah. We have a league with, with our respective partners. That we, with our it, respective yeah. partners. Uh, me and you always play. My wife and your partner always play together, and we've never beaten them. They, they beat us every single time. And I feel like the reason why I enjoy that as a real-time experience is that it fits in with the theme. The fact that in real time, simultaneously, you're both trying to fix up a car as fast as you can essentially as the cars come into the pit you're the pit crew so you're applying cards and putting things down in order to get that car back on the racetrack as fast as you can whereas with pendulum it's slightly yeah it's slightly different mm. and i think for me it's actually not necessarily a theme because i quite like it does fit in with the theme for me um but the thing i like about pit crew sam is that it's a short burst like we're, we're frantically doing it for a few minutes and then there's that moment where we all exhale and go, oh my gosh, that was, oh, I see what you did there. You played that card. Yeah, I had to do this. Oh my gosh, you got this far away around the track. Okay, next round. And it's a quick game. This is a 60 to 90 minute game pendulum. Mm -hmm. So when you see that genre, you're thinking, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to take a breather at all during this? Am I actually mm -hmm. going to be able to talk to other people around the room? Or is it just going to be me in my own head doing my own thing, getting slightly cross with Sam that he's gone where I've gone? But I can't stop and tell him because I, it's too it's too late. I have to keep going. This isn't that. It's a little bit of that, but it's not that completely. So if I just explain what it is, the setup. Okay. Strap yourself in. So I'm going to use my time efficiently now. The board itself is split primarily into three areas. Each has a sand timer, and each of these areas has two rows. And on each row, there is a sand timer there. And when the sand has run out of one timer, I flip it and move it to the other row in that section. That's what it is. And each of these rows has spaces, which are the action selection spaces, where if I move my piece to it, I can do that action. And everyone has their own player mat in front of them. This is my player I'm playing at, and mine's slightly different to Sam's. It's a slightly different setup. And if I flip it over, there's an advanced side, which is more different to what Sam's got. So it adds that little bit of variety there. The only This is the catch, and this is the one rule of the game that allows you to get these breathers in between, is that I can only place my meeple in a row that hasn't got a timer next to it. And I can only do an action if there is a timer next to, you know, if a timer has been flipped to the row that my meeple is on. So that means that I can put all my meeples in empty spaces and then it's just waiting for the timer to end and then it flips there and then I've got that frantic moment of doing the action, but I cannot take that meeple away because the timer is still there next to it. So um, just to kind of explain how that kind of plays out then, what makes this particularly interesting is that all the timers have different durations. So one lasts 45 seconds, one lasts two minutes, and one lasts three minutes. So you tend to have actually more time than you think you do. And you can use that quite strategically. So say, for example, I have my meeple on a section and the sand timer has just flipped to it. That's great. I can do that action now. But then I realize that I've got to pay a cost to do that action. And I look at my board and I've not got enough money what am I going to do? I've, I, it looks like I've wasted my action now because I cannot move my meeple because there's a timer there. However, this is the two-minute sand timer, which means it's going to be quite a while before that sand runs out. But I've noticed I've got a free meeple somewhere else, which I can put onto the board with the 45-second timer, flip that over, use that, do that action to get money, and I've just got enough time left with my two-minute sand timer to pay that money to do that action. 
So it's it's really quite interesting, and I almost dis we almost discovered that as we were playing, actually how you can use those variable time limits tactically. Um, I'm not saying necessarily that's a winning thing for me. It's not something that um, will make me kind of come back and play it to kind of uh, to kind of develop that tactic further because it is quite a stressful tactic because you know it's not something I would recommend you doing. And I imagine there are players out there that would take great pleasure in that and go, "Aha! I got there, beat the system," because it's almost an engine in itself. But unlike other games that they've done, like Scythe, where you've got this little engine, you can take generally speaking as much time as you want you're not as rushed whereas this you always feel is like you're a little bit rushed and that if the engine is time dependent and also at any moment sam could see what i'm doing and literally just move the timer away from me when the sand the sand has run out so other things as well you you use these actions to add boosters to your board to get more bonuses you can also to get votes which were which a bit like in viticulture when you decide what time you want to wake up in the morning that determines who gets first pick on certain things and get certain extra bonuses. And each round plays out until um, the purple sand timer has been flipped three times, and then you get certain bonus cards, and then you kind of reset the game. And, and that's it, really. This sounds very stressful. It, it, it is and it isn't. Yeah, it, it's really, really, it's, it's, it's a really strange game. Beca because, like... It has these moments in it, like describing it, and and, and the way you think of it, think it is, you think it's going to be this really intense and stressful experience, but it's to use probably a, a bit of a, a an obvious um, sort of um, metaphor, or it is to say that it is a roller coaster of a game, and I mean that in terms of how. The thrill of a roller coaster is sometimes the moments before the actual like loop the loop. It's the 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 moment that it holds you in that moment of suspension before that rush. Sometimes like that is like the most critical the critical thing because there'd be moments where because of the the way that the sand timers are, you just won't be able to do anything. You would have done your actions on the sand timer and you're just sitting there and waiting for the sand timer to run out so then you can flip it and then you, which frees up your meeples to do other things and it was in those moments that chris and i would like look at each other and we'd just laugh and we'd just be like oh, 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 oh. like kind of like childishly excited just, just like you, and you just sit there and just be like, right, I've planned what I'm going to do. Yeah. And now I'm just waiting. And now I'm just waiting. Yes, 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 yes. And then, and then when it happens, it's a bit like, oh, okay. But still, for that for like, like brief sort of second where you're just held there in like the grip mm. of the game, it actually does have this strange sort of like rapture that it holds you in. It's, re it's really, really odd. And like, I think and I, I came to this realization when me and Chris played Castles of Burgundy. Right, and we play Castle to Burgundy, and we I, we finished it. It's the first time I played it, and I went, "Huh, that's that's a game." And I realised throughout playing it, maybe like the hour or ninety minutes I played it, that I'd had no emotional reaction to it whatsoever. And whenever I play a game, I'm that's the thing I'm always looking for. Like every game that I've that I play, I will always if I know that I'm enjoying it or there's something in it that I do enjoy, it will make me laugh, it will make me like jump up and down excited, it will make me angry, but in a good way, like that good sort of frustration from competition or like, oh, I just didn't do the right thing. But when we play Castles of Burgundy, I had a realization that I'd had no reaction to that at all. Whereas with Pendulum, it was getting there. Like I was like just sort of like doing my stuff and just like, oh, this is fine, this is fine, but I'm not really having any sort of like spontaneous reaction to it. Then suddenly in that moment where everything just stopped and paused, like I just had this like giggling yeah. <laughs> sort of joy for it. And and like and I would play it again just for that. Yeah. Just just for that feeling really. It was re it's really, really strange. Yeah. Really strange. And I think that there there is an audience for this, definitely. Like mm. and um, it's worth saying that Stone Meyer very kindly gave us a review copy of this, and it's it's designed by Travis P. Jones, who, from what I understand, hasn't released any other games, mm. and art by Robert Leesk, who equally likewise I've not seen any other games that he's worked on. So this is a fresh, new, young pairing, and the art is really interesting. 
I just think that the theme is a little thinly applied. Like, I really love that idea that it's this pendulum. The mythos is really interesting. And I get that idea that the time is a, going back and forth reflect that swing. But I, I just, the actions in those areas didn't feel that distinctive. But I, but I think I think that in the same way that, like, I love roll and write games, so I'm always trying to find out, like, the next iteration on that theme and see how it can be expanded and tweaked and played with and fooled sure. with. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. I think that if worker placements are, like, your thing and you know that you like worker placement games, then this is a really interesting iteration on that as as a mechanic and unfortunately like all experiments not all of it yeah it's like firing on all cinders not everything sort of hits you but i feel like there is something there and i i think like pendulum is one of those games like scythe in a way that if some if i was in like a board game cafe and someone said oh this is on the shelf should we play this i'd go yeah yeah all right i'd, I'd, I'd play that again yeah and i think that that is I don't think that's sort of damning with fate praise. I think like just in the way that there are movies, there are albums, there are books which fill the same sort of hole, there are board games that do it as well. It's just unfortunate that some of these board games cost like quite a lot of money. The, quite a lot of money. The, the the this sounds to me a little bit like and and I it's interesting the way I kind of come away from this is it sounds a bit like I think your roller coaster analogy is really interesting. Mm. I wouldn't I mean I don't like roller coasters, but uh, like I wouldn't want to be on a roller coaster for eight hours a day. I wouldn't want to go on a roller coaster every day. But every once in a while, you want that emotional thrill mm-hmm. of the roller coaster, and that may or may not be worth the. You may not want a season ticket to the park to experience that. But every once in a while, maybe that is something that you do want to do, right? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think Sam's analogy is spot on. Uh, I think. There is an audience for there, and I think it is like their peanut butter and chocolate. It's 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 these two flavors that for them might just taste perfectly together, but for me, like um, who's not, as we said before, wholly wedded to that simultaneous action selection. It's it it, it was I was tasting more of the peanut butter and less of the chocolate, and <laughs> and I, I I think for me it is actually the theme. A bit like Spirit Island, Sam. Do you remember Spirit Island? When we first played it, thinking, oh my God, there's a lot going on here. But what mm-hmm. kept us in it was that sense of a narrative we built. So here in, in, in Pendulum, when I get a certain amount of culture, I don't know what that means thematically. I don't know what like five culture means over two. Whereas something like Spirit Island, it says, oh my word, you've got this. This means you've um, a volcano has now erupted. And you go, oh my God, and I'm playing that. Look what we can do here. Oh, I've, I've got five culture. I thought, oh, well, that could have meant something like, I don't know, a university, a library, or a gallery. I wanted to feel like I was proving my might against all the other people around the table rather than just a numbers game, which is enough for some people. But for me, I kind of wanted a little bit more in that regards. And also, you've got an El Grande worker here, which is something that's been taken from Viticulture. And it's called the same. Yeah, they call it an El Grande worker. Literally, like he's walked off the vineyard in the Mediterranean <laughs> into this fantasy kingdom, and 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 again, I I don't know. It just um, it was just, and maybe I'm nitpicking. I don't know. I, I genuinely do think everyone should play this because it is so unique. I, I can't think of anyone that has combined these two together, these two genres, and it is really worth playing. And also, Stonemaier being Stonemaier, they try to account for every possible type of playing. I mentioned solo. But they've also created a variant which removes the real-time action selection. So what you have, Pete, is like mm. you have like a list of the moves that occur, which time it gets flipped when. So, you, so you've got no time pressure or anything. You haven't got to wait for the sand. It, the only thing that you're working with is, you know, once that, that, that purple sand timer has been flipped three times, that's the end of the round. The only issue is it's always the same order every time. And if I'd like to have seen maybe a deck of those to add a little bit of variety. I know that Rado, who reviews the game, also, he prefers that to the real time, which I just can't imagine why. Bonkers. Yeah, Bonkers. just because I've played it a few times with that because they recommend you start with that to get a feel for the mechanics, yeah. which is lovely. I think it's great. But I couldn't imagine playing it that way all the same time because I just do the same thing. Isn't this lovely? Like... Right. The, the, that's that's the that's one of the things I've been thinking about a lot recently. The fact that like the fact that like you can see here a game that is like 
mechanically really interesting, trying something very different. And you're like, yeah, some people are going to really love this. And then like variants of it, people seem to like more than that. And some people really don't like that. And isn't it really interesting that like there's a that there's like there's such a wealth of different board games now that people can be like, oh, I really like I really like this this little this thing about this board game, and then oh, I I, I don't quite like that about this board game, but I can see the the uh, the the quality of it. Like I think it's really cool that like it's not just a case now of like well, Catan's just a good game. Or like, yeah, this is just this is just all these board games that you that, that are just classics where you're like, well, this is clearly just a good game. Now, like, it feels more and more and more like we get in these board games where it's like, ah, oh, that's not my cup of tea. That's not my kind of board game. Mm. And you're like, oh, is is this a maturing? This feels like a maturing medium. Yeah. Or, or this is not the variant I play. So they're kind of giving you different. <laughs> they're giving you different house rules. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. And you can kind of mix and match it. You can oscillate between the real time. And the kind of scripted version, so you can go from like the roller coaster to the carousel. I don't know what the other equivalent would that be. <laughs> the teacups, <laughs> the ghost train. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to bring things down. All right, what like an octave? Uh, like I don't want to bring things down. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, these are the jokes that you're going to need to start making. Okay. All right. Okay. Sorry. All right. Learn from Chris. Sorry. I'm sorry, but um, we have received word uh, oh. that uh, Brannigan's the uh, Chris <laughs> oh, God. of course <laughs> that we all said was a top tier god tier crisp I didn't uh, is that the, the it's its parent company KP uh, have decided that they're not going to be doing Brannigan's again uh, Good. this is a casualty the, to the Rona so no it's not it's got to be, isn't it? Because Brannigans no. are only... No, listen. Brannigan... Right, okay. Brannigans are only eaten in pubs and Dan's house, right? <laughs> and... And... Um, and is, is it not to do with the fact that the branding, which featured a portly butcher yeah. on, a, on a packet, maybe is a little bit outdated? Yeah. For, the bag for, was like... just brown. <laughs> I mean, Brannigan's Pete, they're horrible. What do you see, what do you see in them? They taste like shrapnel. Yeah, but yeah they're awful. The, the, how, right, okay. How how dare you? The ham and mustard one was A excellent. massive disappointment. No, it, well, it was beef and mustard, wasn't it? So. No, there was ham and mustard as well, I believe. Is, is, is the basically the end of this going to be that you're going to email the Crisps Council of Great Britain? <laughs> I'm going to write <laughs> the bring to them. back hashtag bring back Brannigan's. <laughs> bring back Brannigan's. You start the hashtag now. But... So basically, I just wanted to, you know, in memoriam, I just it was smoked ham and pickle. Smoked so. ham and pickle. Sorry, yeah. uh, well, it's been a while. Um, I just wanna, I just want you know to sort of go around the room and and for us to all share what we all miss about Brannigan's going down. I, I, I honestly don't miss anything about them really. I mean, it's a bold opening to a eulogy. I'm not gonna lie, but <laughs> it's they're not my crisps. They're not That's my crisps, unfortunately. I discovered um, paprika Pringles this year, and it has changed my life. Oh, paprika Pringles, yeah. Oh, also bad news. Well, uh, I, I guess we'll, we'll get it all out of the way now. Um, you know those crisps that Dan said that he absolutely loves? The, um, what was it, sour cream and chilli or something like that? They were like a Pringles set. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the Pringles variety, like sour cream and cheese or something weird. It, like there was that. some... Oh, cheese re- and chilli, cheese and chilli. Cheese and chilli, oh. cheese and chilli. Gone, absolutely gone. Like So I went looking for it the other day because I was like, I must try this. Yeah, just in the fields, just yeah, I, 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 <laughs> just like opening, just like opening a can of Pringles is like a mating call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put, putting up posters on like telephone lines. Have you seen this brand of crisps? Gone, wow. gone, discontinued. And not only that, but I'm slightly worried because apparently it's been discontinued for about two or three years. And I'm fairly confident Dan said that he managed to get a tube of it last year. <laughs> so we can only hope that Daniel has probably stockpiled quite a lot of them. I am currently living again in lockdown. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> a, um, a bold statement from Sam. A bold statement. Yeah. I think it's yeah. not good. It's not good. But in, but interestingly, I have been signed up to be part of. A, I don't know if I can say this. I'm pretty sure it's all right. But I have been signed up to be part of a of a COVID test. Have you? So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, so, me and my wife are currently t- getting tested. Ooh, what's the week. What's the test? Spelling. Grammar, yeah, general yeah. knowledge. Spell COVID. 
Um, uh, it's just it's just a simple swab test. Okay. But we get it we get it done like every week to see to see if we've got it. But it's just like we're in lockdown. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> but but it has been a bit of a shame because obviously it means that um, we're not able to sort of meet with family as usual and play games. But before we went into lockdown, we were able to sneak in a game, a party game actually called uh, Stay Cool, which I'm not quite sure what the where the inflection should be, where it's like, stay stay cool, or stay cool, or stay cool. <laughs> I like the last um, one. That's my favourite. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll go with that. Stay. <laughs> stay cool. Um, so if you've seen the box art for this game, like it pretty much is, it feels like an ang- a panic attack in a box. <laughs> oh, God. Which is it's quite a difficult difficult sell, but if I tell you it's from the same company that brought us Decrypto, mm. Scorpion Mask, mm. then it might sort of pique your interest. And it and it is um, again a little bit like Pendulum. It's a bit of an interesting concept on on like a party game. Uh, all it is is these separate cards and these the selection of coloured dice, brightly vibrant coloured dice that have got letters on it. And the aim of the game is you'll have one person who's the active player. And you'll have two other people who are like the question askers, right? And one of them asks, one person will ask questions to the active player, the player with the dice, that have to be answered verbally. And these will be like sort of like standard, silly, sort of general knowledgey kind of questions like, what is the third month of the year? Uh, like, um, spell the word bridge backwards. That kind of like sort of silly sort of fun. And the other person asks the active player, the player with the dice, questions that have to be spelled out using the dice. Okay. Oh my and gosh. Again, like in Pendulum, this all happens in real time. So this is the idea of like, stay cool, <laughs> stay cool. And yeah, it's a really uh, interesting party game because it's probably one that's sort of unique in my collection which has that sort of intense multitasking experience but also one that is also quite theatrical and quite showmanship like like usually when we play party games um things like medium and um, herd mentality herd mentality or decrypto generally you're doing things in a group or cooperatively like it's very rarely that like one person is really the star of of the experience and if they are it's usually because they're hidden like in spyfall or or like uh, um when you're playing code names or something like that you're you're a captain or you're 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 a hidden sort of imposter so this really puts like you at the center of as a player of the experience like answering these questions whilst also having to write out answers to to questions whilst like under some sort of time pressure and like i don't know how that sounds to you both whether that sounds like a, a an awful and terrible experience or something that you think you would quite like to because because that, that's kind of where the game falls in terms of like people who i've played it with really bounce off it initially but enjoy subsequent rounds because they want to try and test themselves right or people take to it like a duck to water because they're really good at multitasking anyway and see it as like a badge of honor that they're able to as chris is demonstrating now effectively pat their head and rub their tummy at the same time so so how does it sound to to you both like i mean it, it it's this feels like a game I would have to be in the mood for. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. this doesn't feel like a like game of Splendor. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? Do you know? What? But, but no. But you know what I mean. Like, there, there are some games you crack out and you're just like, well, nobody could ever f- like. You can always play Splendor. Like, it's mm-hmm. ju- it's just perfect. It's just the perfect game, guys. But like, but like, you'll never not feel like doing that because it just fits in so well. Whereas, like, there are some games where you're like Twilight Imperium. Just a cheeky game of it. Um, <laughs> uh, so I would imagine, what kind of 
what kind of parties are you going to play this? Because I assume this is the sort of thing you play at a party, but is this a like, oh, we're having a nice glass of, uh, you know, uh, Sancerre and uh, we're, um, <laughs> we're, we, we've just finished off the hors d'oeuvres and the, the, or is this the, we're having three pints and a couple of packets of Brannigans? Well, I think that there is a, there is a term banded around the board game community quite a lot, which is called beer and pretzels. Like, this is a beer and pretzels game. Oh, I hate that. Which is term. kind of something that came out of the Americana, sort of Amer- Ameri- Ameritrash um, um, games. And I think that even though beer and pretzels is kind of reductive, yeah. I feel like by that we mean very relaxed, yep. very sort of willingness to make mistakes not really stickler for like imposing rules kind of laid back yeah yeah that kind of that kind of thing and i think and i think that's where stay cool really finds its feet like it's strangely for a party game like i feel i genuinely feel like the best player count is three and really i I, and i i'd have to play it a bit more but i feel like the downtime for the person who's either not the active player who's not asking either the two sets of questions is like it's quite it's quite long really and even though it's quite a spectacle for someone else to to kind of watch and it really does like bring people to the table when they're trying to see like because it is quite a feat to like answer questions and write out questions at, at the same time i feel like with a group of three of you having like an evening like quite a relaxed social like evening together this could be like a really fun game to really like challenge the small group and there's no downtime where you're waiting sort of like for it to be your go or for you to read read questions Mm. like i I feel like that is a kind of evening with it because stay cool uh, sorry stay cool Mm. like has so as as the rounds go on, so there's like this little um like in pendulum, like this sand timer, and the idea is is that like whoever's not asking questions or if there's a spare player, they basically flip over the sand timer four times, which indicates a two minutes that you've got to try and answer as many of these questions and write as many of these questions out. In the second round, the active player has to tell the person when to flip the timer over. And if they don't do it before the timer's flipped over, that's the end of their go. On the third round, the egg timer is hidden behind the box. Oh, dear Lord. So, like, there is, I feel like, with a smaller group of people, this is the kind of game that gets to, that could get to a point where there's a collective sense of achievement that could come with the person who is able to complete those tasks concurrently. Mm. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where I, feel, I feel like there would be a genuine sense of, oh, he's going to do it. He's. I can't believe he's going to do it, and I'm here to be part of that. Like I was part of that moment where they were able to do it, and yeah, I think that that's like that is the sweet spot, sweet spot for a game like this. It's interesting when you said that. Like for me, initially when you're describing this game, for me the setup I was imagining was I would play this drunk with you, <laughs> lot. Like there'd be quite a few of us, and we play just mm-hmm. that first variant. Because I think obviously it'd be quite tricky to kind of remember the rules and stuff. But I think I think I would play this game because I think that high pressure situation I may not enjoy as much, but I would take pleasure in watching somebody else go through that. And I think we would kind of enjoy that cycle, that process. Yeah. And I that's that that's what I I'd, I'd get for me in a and in a manner that I don't get when I'm playing gobble, which I just find very stressful and and it's yes. it's one against all. I like that sense of collaboration, but for me the dynamic would be a larger group. Um, slightly drunk and so therefore I'm not too I don't feel the pressure as much if I get it wrong because I'm a little bit inebriated there is a place for the larger group and I think that there is I think definitely the more you play the game the more you relax into it and if you can relax into it straight from the start that really helps okay because when we first got this out of the box and we got it on the table like I don't think it helped that I was the first player to to go because I took it very, very seriously and very competitive. I'm like, I'm going to show off my multitasking skills mm. and aren't I brilliant? And that's re- that that is really the wrong approach for it. I feel like that sort of almost collaborative, like succeeding and doing this together is and, and genuinely being more relaxed about it yields greater results, which I think, Chris, you're right in that kind of 
environment, it's not to say that you have to be drunk to play this, but I think, again, going back to the beer and pretzels things, what we're alluding to is that kind of social environment where, you know, it's it's kind of the same social environment where you're playing beer pong. Yeah. And again, not advocating getting drunk or anything like that, but there is a genuine, like, skill and achievement and a genuine enjoyment in seeing other people achieve something special playing beer pong yeah. that I think is shared in a game like this. Like, when you see someone, like, bounce a ball and get it into, like, the last cup yeah. in a beer pong game perfectly, even though you've got the yeah. the forfeit of drinking whatever in that cup or whatever you're doing, there is still a part of you which is kind of like, fair play, that's impressive. Yeah, like, like you know, I'm just thinking about that time that for your 30th, Sam, we played Spyfall for about four hours. Yeah, um, probably longer than Probably that. longer than yeah. that. And I, 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 we, admittedly, we haven't played it much since then because I think we actually played every possible <laughs> permutation of that game. But like that, that's the kind of atmosphere I'm thinking about, you know, where yes. we were just, it'd be like, and the more merry we got, let's say, the, 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 the harder it became to conceal your identity as a spy. And it was just hilarious. And, it, and as a consequence, as a group, we were able to give ourselves permission to, you know, look like a fool in front of each other and fail. And that that's what I like. And that's what draws me to party games because usually I'm not a big fan of them. If, I'm allowed, if, I, if I feel comfortable being able to kind of fail in others, which I would spectacularly at something like this, if I took it seriously, that would be great. But yeah, it sounds, it sounds really interesting. And the fact that it's also brought to us by the people who brought us Decrypto as well, another game that I really love. Um, sounds like another hit on their hands, really. It's great. That was another episode of Staying In with Peter Willington, Sam Turner and myself, Chris Darby. It's the usual score. Stay updated with all that we are up to on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. At Staying In Pod is all you need to find them. Feel free to join the conversation and ask us questions via these platforms or just email us at stayinginpod at gmail.com. If you just want to get a quick list of the games we discuss, our Steam curation page has you covered for the digital, with our board game geek profile taking care of the analogue stuff. Before I go though, I would just like to say a big congratulations to Sam for making it all the way through X-Men Dark Phoenix, with additional congratulations to both him and Dan and their partners on the birth of their children. Till next time, bye!